Forgive Me would not be possible without our generous parishioners. We'd like to thank Jonathan Bell for helping us install St. Patrick's first ever community garden. We thought you'd be planting practical things like fruits and veggies, but we're happy to be overrun with the beautiful bougainvillea you've planted. We'd also love to shout out Kelly Houlihan for bringing some marine invertebrates from work to share with our youth group. We know they just loved getting to see all of those fascinating critters. And please don't mind Father Clem, he was only cross with the crab who pinched him, not you. Become a part of our community over at patreon.com slash roguedialogue. Good evening, everyone. It's wonderful to see so much warmth filling our church. Now, before tonight's sermon, I'd like to take a moment to thank a few people. Our liturgical ministers, of course, for their usual fantastic work, but I also think a special thank you is required for our youth ministry for their beautiful nativity performance during tonight's gospel. When they initially told me that they wanted to bring a live donkey to a church service, I had some concerns, but I have never been happier to be proven wrong. We should all be very proud of our teens for their belief in their idea and of Ed Baker for raising such a talented and well-behaved animal. Now, I know I'm usually on the receiving end of such things, but tonight I have something that I would like to confess to all of you. This is my favorite mass of the year, always has been. When I first felt the call to be a priest, I visualized myself presiding over this very service. Even as a boy, I always felt blown away by the power and majesty of a midnight mass. Everything about this night is so special. The poinsettias, the smell of the incense, our beautiful advent wreath with all of its candles lit, and, most powerful of all, the people. A community coming together, gathering standing room only, and dressed in our very best to celebrate the birth of our Lord. This Mass helps lift me up throughout the entire year. If I'm having a hard day or a hard week, I can just think of this moment looking out at all of your faces, knowing that we are all in this together. We may have a stain on our shirt, or we may add some wrong notes to the carols, but we are all trying our best. And that's my favorite theme to take away from this service. Trying. Tonight's reading from the Gospel of Luke has stood for millennia as guidance for how to try for God. What I love about Luke's words is all the ways that the night we get to hear about is so different from the one that we are experiencing here together. I think back to the midnight masses of my childhood again, retying my necktie over and over until the knot looked just right, my mother fussing over my hair and practically gluing down my cowlick, and my dad's frantic search for a lost wallet or keys so we could finally get out the door and make it to our seats. It always felt so nerve-wracking, wanting things to be just so for the big night. And every Christmas, I inevitably go from thinking about what we went through leading up to the big night to thinking about what they went through before the big night in Bethlehem. (laughs) I don't think we talked nearly enough about how truly absurd Mary and Joseph's journey was. A woman, probably eight months and change into her pregnancy, and her husband, traveled 96 miles either by foot or, if they were lucky, a donkey. K-12 
Can you imagine how uncomfortable that was? Traveling through the desert, sleeping outside, and, if they were fortunate enough not to have to travel on foot, spending each night next to a donkey. As I'm sure all of us can imagine, especially the mothers in the audience, that does not sound like an enjoyable trip. So, after about a week, they arrive in Joseph's hometown, and it's clear at this point that this baby will be born in Bethlehem. So they start looking for a place to make that happen. Since everyone was in town for the census, and they were late to arrive because of the whole 96 miles while 8 months pregnant thing, there was, as we all know quite well, no room at the inn. Now I want you all to take a moment and put yourself in Mary and Joseph's well-worn sandals. In Luke's gospel, an angel of God came down from heaven and told them that Mary was to give birth to the Son of the Lord himself. And nearly nine months later, with the responsibility of raising the Son of the Most High looming, they realized that, despite the divinity of their soon-to-be progeny, they still had to travel to Bethlehem for the census. And so, having basically no idea on how to give birth to any child in these circumstances, much less the infant Son of God, and after searching and scrambling, like my father trying to find his keys, they realized that the only option available was a barn— or, to describe it a little less charmingly and a little more accurately, a veritable poop den. <laughs> Think about it. I know in this area we've all spent our fair share of time around livestock. Every nativity scene I've witnessed features some combination of a cow, goat, and, yes, donkey, all gazing adoringly on our Lord and Savior, and none of them concerned with where their poop ends up. I'm sure they tried to clean before the birth, but honestly, how clean can you make a barn that has active livestock in it? Now imagine you're a shepherd, sitting on a hill after having spent your entire day surrounded by a flock of sheep, another creature famously unconcerned with their poop. You left your home early that morning, worked for hours outdoors in the sun, you're probably wearing clothes you haven't washed in a while, and you're now practically bathing in a mix of your own sweat and the odor of your woolly dependents. Suddenly, a glowing angel comes down from the sky and instructs you to go greet the Savior. So you're now left with no choice but to scramble with your fellow shepherds away from your flocks to greet this infant Savior, and each one of you smells worse than the next. I just love that juxtaposition. I'm genuinely delighted by the thought that we are here in our better than Sunday best, honoring the birth of our Lord who, in the actual moment he came into our world, was surrounded by a bunch of exhausted people who had all, almost definitely, either touched, scooped, or stepped in poop in the last 24 hours. I think that if they knew how much trouble we go through to be neat and tidy while we celebrate this day, those weary faces would smile even wider than they already were. But there's more we can take from this story than just levity. There's also a lesson we can learn from the circumstances of Mary, Joseph, and those shepherds. God sent his only son to us because he knows that we are imperfect creatures. He doesn't expect us to live our lives flawlessly. All he asks is that every day we're trying our best. Trying. It's not about perfection. It's about showing up and doing what you can for your loved ones, for your community, and for God. Sometimes that's going to look like this space tonight. Flowers, garlands, and the smell of incense. And sometimes that's going to look like Mary and Joseph. Straw, donkeys, and the smell of, well, poop. I think this is such an important reminder to all of us this time of year. 
The holidays are a special time, but also a fleeting one. Pretty soon we'll be back to our lives, and for many of us, we won't be together again until Easter, or maybe even our next Midnight Mass. We'll all be busy with work and with the stress of day-to-day -day life, where time gets short and putting our best foot forward gets a lot harder and, on some days, downright impossible. In those moments, I want you all to think about tonight, and then think about those folks sitting in that barn just trying to figure it out. You'll probably be somewhere in between, but whatever smell is surrounding you at that particular moment, just remember that the only thing anyone is asking of you is that you try. Father, I have to say, that was a beautiful homily. Thanks, Steve. Well, have a Merry Christmas. Same to you. This has always been my favorite service, too, ever since I was a little kid. I'm glad I could hold a candle to St. Pat's Christmas's past. That hit really close to home, Father Ben. I'm so glad we have you here. <laughs> I'm glad somebody feels that way. Have a Merry Christmas and... I'll see you next week. You have a Merry Christmas, too. Wow. Merry Christmas, Tom. Merry Christmas to you, too, Padre. I've got to be honest with you there. I have never seen anything like your homily tonight. Tom, we talked about this. What? I can't tell the guy that that was the funniest thing that's happened in St. Pat's since the Donut Festival? Tom. I certainly wasn't making a joke for your benefit. <sighs> I'm sorry for my husband, Father. It seems all the time he's been spending with David's been giving him the manners of a barn animal. <laughs> I suppose you're probably right. I, I, I'm sorry. It's fine. How's your mother, Emily? On a last-minute beach vacation with Richard, actually. That sounds nice for her. If only she'd taken us with her. And the judge? <sighs> I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry I asked. You're not the one that needs to apologize. Yeah, well... You two have a good Christmas tomorrow, all right? You too, Father. Um, don't listen to the man-child over there. <laughs> what you said was really beautiful and true. It's nice to feel seen and know that sometimes trying is all we can do. Even if that trying doesn't always translate into succeeding. Thanks. That uh, was a bit harsh, don't you think? Come again? You, you can't tell me you planned a speech like that and didn't expect a few titters from the crowd, huh? Why are you even still here right now? Don't you have a truth and justice marathon to catch up on? <laughs> I do so love those litigious lawyers. Uh, but seriously, Benji, if there weren't so many people around, I'd raise a glass to you for that stunt. I never would have taught you that, didn't you? Working in that kind of literal filth into a midnight mass. How many times do I have to say I wasn't trying to be funny? Oh, Ben. 
You know I'm just pulling your leg. You know, I've been to a Christmas service or two in my time, and trust me when I say this, that was a good one. Now you're pulling my leg. More notes on my homily? I thought you and I, we were simpatico. But obviously not if you're still up there a full year later talking about poop. Clara, this had nothing to do with last year's incident. I'm sure. You know, even Aiden's forgotten about the whole mess. Every minute he wasn't at my side ringing the bells, he was off playing pit build. Ha! Good for him. I'm happy to hear he enjoyed himself tonight. And I hope you did as well, getting your big solo back. Well, hmm. Yes, you're, you're right. It was a nice evening. But I do sure hope that this was the last stunt you'll pull in regards to my... Previous misgivings. I'm not sure if you know this about us, but we Martins are a rather spiteful bunch. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. You have a good Christmas now, okay? This conversation isn't over, Father. I'm sorry, but it is. I've got to get Clem back home. It is way past his bedtime. I resent that. I see we have plenty in common as always, Father Clem. That's certainly a ringing endorsement coming from you, if ever I've had one. You're so precious. You know that? You take care of yourself. Don't let this one hold the leash too tight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Clara. I think you've mistaken which one of us is holding the line. So, tell me, what uh, did I miss last year Meet the boy? A traumatic experience that is both none of your business and had nothing to do with the words that I delivered tonight. Sure. I believe that just about as much as I still believe in the Lord Almighty. Faithfully and without question? (laughs) I'll ask Margaret if you don't want to tell me. You go ahead and do that. What's gotten into you? You don't have any of your uh, usual fight in you. It's no fun. Nothing. I'm fine. You heard me. It's my favorite night of the year. He said, meet all the conviction of an empty potato sack. I'm just tired. Are you ready to head out? I've been ready. The TARDIS of AIDS. Forgive Me is a Rogue Dialogue production. This episode was written and directed by Jack Marone and Bob Ramunda. Here's our cast in order of appearance. Casey Callahan, Father Ben. Jack Marone, Steve. Sam Twardy, Emma. Adam Raymunda, Adam. Derek Powell, Tom. Caroline Minx, Emily. Josh Urbino, Father Krem. Crystal Osborne, Clara. Script editing by Jordan Stillman. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. Sound design, Score and mixing by me, Adam Raymunda. All of the graphic design comes from Sam Twardy. Find out what we're up to by following at Forgive Me Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Did you like the show? If you did, go follow it on your favorite podcast player. If you really enjoyed it, rate it and review it on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. This podcast is made possible by our wonderful supporters on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you can get access to an ad-free feed, director's notes for each episode, music from the show, and more. Become a patron over at patreon.com slash rogue dialogue. No matter what, thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We'll be back in two weeks with our season two finale. and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris. Can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>